Westman this morning. The Hall of Faith. We're going to look at Moses. <coughs> Before I get started, I'll tell you a little story last night. I appreciate everyone, or what happened last night. I appreciate everyone praying for us as we came home yesterday. Um, I think everybody was praying that our lug nuts would stay on the van. Um, but anyway, praying for our safety anyhow, one way or another. We were just this side of Claude, coming down 287. And uh, I had the cruise set at about 79. It's dark, pretty night, the stars were shining. And cruising along, no worries in the world, and all of a sudden... Out of, the, out of nowhere, I'm in a complete blackout. It's smoke, and I couldn't see from here to Danny. And, and uh, I'm doing a full 80 miles an hour, almost 80 miles an hour. So I'm putting on the brakes real fast. And as I'm getting slowed down ahead of me, there's two lights. And they're up higher. And I went around them, was able to miss the vehicle. And it was a tractor, a semi-tractor, without the trailer. And he was just smoking to beat the band. I, I didn't see any flame. I don't know where the smoke was coming from. It smelled like rubber, so a, probably a tire was either locked up and skidding down the interstate or, or rubbing on something very badly. But it was, it was amazing how much smoke, both lanes of the interstate were completely obscured. And a couple seconds or a second and a half more, and I would have just right into the rear end of that guy, full tilt. And so um, I praise the Lord. He allowed me to see the lights and to get around it. And we, uh, we know that our safety is of God. And I uh, appreciate you praying for us. We, we did have a good time. It was a short trip. If you didn't know, we got to go over and see my folks in New Mexico. They came down from Wyoming. And uh, we stayed just a couple days in Logan, New Mexico. And, and uh, got to see my folks and a bunch of distant relatives that I haven't seen in a long time. And had a good time, uh, a relaxing day and a half or two days over there. So, um, this morning we're going to look at Moses' faith. Moses' faith in, in uh, verse 24 through 29 of the chapter um, is our text this morning. <coughs> I'm going to begin by reading the first couple verses of chapter 11, and then we'll flip over there to that passage. Now that you're already there, go back. I'm, trying, I'm not trying to mess with you, but uh, if it worked, all right. Let's have a word of prayer. I want to look at Moses' faith. Moses did a couple things in this passage. We see, first of all, that he forsook the world. And something that every one of us, um, if we have not done, we, we, we must do if we're going to walk with God. And, and uh, he obeyed the Lord. There's some obedience in, in his faith. By faith, he forsook the world. By faith... He obeyed the Lord, and, and then by faith he saw God's power. And Moses got to see some tremendous things in his time leading the Israelites through the wilderness. Uh, and Moses is called the meekest man that ever lived. We know that he trusted the Lord, lived by faith. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you. Uh, thank you for each one that's here this morning. It's good to have visitors with us. Lord, uh, just great to be in your house. Great to have your word in front of us. Lord, I... I hope we never take that for granted. Thank you for your perfect word. Lord, as we look into it this morning, guide us and, and show us, Father, uh, what you have for us. I know that you have a message for each individual here. 
The message may not be the same for each one, but you have a message. And Father, I, I ask that we would be receptive to that. We would listen and apply your word to our life. Lord, guide in the, in the uh, children's class across the hall. Father, work there in, in each one of their lives. Lord, that they will grow in their love for your word and their love for you and their, their thirst uh, for knowledge of you. Lord, we want you to be glorified in all that's done today. Uh, I do want to pray again for Pastor Weiss and, and uh, Mount Zion Baptist Church. Lord, strengthen them um, today and uh, just that their faith would grow. And Father, that you would comfort them uh, through this time. In Christ's name we pray, amen. I mentioned it before Sunday school and, and I just prayed for this church, so I'll tell you what's, a little bit of what's going on. Um, Pastor Weiss, Brian Weiss, um, a lot of you know him, I, I think. <laughs> he, uh, he texted me early this morning and, and said, pray for me if you would and for this family. Um, one of the men in their church was in a head-on collision with a semi last night and was killed. And um, he, I don't know his age, I don't know his name. Um, but Beverly texted Elizabeth this morning and said that he had five children and five grandchildren. And, uh, and so pray for this man's wife and his kids. And for, for Pastor Weiss, I, I know to stand up in front of the church and preach this morning, um, going to be tough, be difficult. So pray for them all. Well, as we look at this, I wanted to start Looking at the area of faith, I wanted to start by reading the first three verses. When somebody asks me what faith is, this is what I, what I think of, and this is the explanation given here for faith. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Our faith is in God, right? I... I I don't know how else to better to explain it. Faith is in God, that, that He has created all things, He controls all things, He is the master of my life. I depend on Him for all things. Now Moses did too, and I, and I want to look at his faith this morning. We're going to read verse 24 through verse 29. It says in verse 24, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, as saying to do, were drowned. We're going to stop right there. Um, Moses, we know, led God's children through, through the land of, the, of wilderness. He led them out of Egypt by the mighty hand of God. And, and so many stories about Moses are just amazing. I would love to be able to see all of them. <laughs> Can't we go back in time and, and watch it on an IMAX screen the ten plagues. Now maybe we want to see some of that. But we see the power of God. Moses was had first hand 
or first row seats to some amazing things that God did for his people. But it was because he believed in God. And I want that to be the thought this morning. We, we look at Moses and we look at the mighty miracles that God did for him. And, and it's, it's a thing of the past in our mind. That happened then. God did those miracles because he was bringing the people out. And, and we, we don't have the faith most times to expect that of God today. So Moses is our example here. And I want to look, first of all, that he forsook the world. It says in verse 24, when Mo, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Moses had a, an amazing position. I'm sure you know the story of Pharaoh's daughter pulling him out of the reeds. He was in the little basket that his mom had formed or made, put him in the river. Pharaoh's daughter brought him out and raised him as her own. Moses had an incredible position in the land of Egypt. Great authority and power. And, and most probably, growing up, everything that he ever wanted. Anything he desired. Because he's Pharaoh's daughter's Adopted son. Well, he probably had it all. And, and from a world's perspective, he had everything. He had, time, he had power. Probably if he wanted someone taken out, that was going to happen. He had wealth. As I said, there's nothing held back from him. He had influence. I was considering Moses' life as, as a young man and as a young adult, being the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Must have been the picture of what society thinks that we should look for today. Right? He had everything. He had it all. Moses saw that there were greater things. And he looked beyond that. He said he was willing to throw that all off and suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing... Uh, we'll get to that. I'm going ahead of myself. Apologize. Moses saw that there are things greater. In the passage that I asked Daniel to read for us this morning, go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Verse 19 through 21. Moses realized that there is treasure in heaven far greater than the things of this life. He probably watched Pharaoh strive to keep what he had, live this life that was a tortured life. I see it around me a lot, striving for more. we got to work to keep what we have. The Bible says that rust and moth will eat it up. Lay up for yourselves, verse 19, <clears throat> treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth lay not. I, I, let me start over. Getting ahead of myself, going too fast. Verse 19 says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. <laughs> Do we not lock up our houses like Fort Knox? I give my wife a hard time. We have, we have two deadbolts on two of our exterior doors, and one on the other one. And all five of those deadbolts are locked when we go to bed. Like, Man, it's Fort Knox around here. When we now we're protecting our children, and that's that's a treasure that I am going to fight tooth and nail to protect. 
But we do the same thing when we leave. I thought about it coming home last night. So if I drove up and the house was in ashes, there's stuff I'm going to miss, but it's stuff. We fight tooth and nail to have things to keep it, and it can all be gone in an instant. My folks' house burned in May. They lost 95% of their possessions in that fire. My dad said, it was just stuff. It's just stuff. We fight and, and, and strive and live our life to try to keep things that can be gone in an instant. Rust will destroy it. Moth will eat it. Time decays everything. Verse 20 says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do break through and steal. If you're a hoarder, let's be a hoarder for Christ. You can, you can put it in heaven and it's going to be there. It's also going to be organized and there won't be any cats. It'll be perfect. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. There's things, there are things that we strive for in life that are so simple and vain. And yet if I'm, if I'm a faithful steward, we looked at that in Sunday school this morning, I'm putting treasure in heaven that will be there for eternity. For eternity. And this life that I live, if I get 80 years, the Bible says I'm blessed. It's a drop in a bucket of time. It's nothing less than a drop in a bucket. And yet we strive so hard for things. Moses looked at his life as, as the son of Pharaoh's daughter and said, all of this stuff is vain and empty. There are far greater things. I want my life to be a value that's eternal. Verse 20 says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is, this is the evidence of what you value. Go back over the week. What did I spend my time on? Did I strive to make that almighty dollar? i got to make this much this week. I'm, I'm, I'm working so hard. I'm almost there. I'm going to get my new boat. I, I got nothing against a boat. If you got one, I'll, I'll ride it. I'd love to. But if that's my life, look back over your week. You know what it is. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. What you thought on and what consumed your mind this week is where your treasures lie. It can be pretty vain. It can be very fruitless and empty. Verse 22 says, The light of the eye, or the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. If your single focus in life is a treasure in heaven, if I've, if I've gotten it off of the things of this life, and I'm just focused on, on the things of heaven, my eye is single, and my body is full of light. If thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? And there's an exclamation point there. How great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now go back over the week again and say, Who did I serve? Who did I serve? Who was valuable to me? I can't, I can't say, well, I love the Lord, but I love this other part of my life too. 
I'm, I'm going to give them equal time. The Bible says you're, you're fooling yourself. You're lying to yourself. You either hate the Word of God, despise the Word of God, or you hate the world. There's no gray area here. Moses rejected the life of Pharaoh because he knew that there were things that were greater. He looked beyond. He was not afraid. Go back to our passage. I love the, I love the passages where we see these men of God stand up and, and not worry about the consequences for serving God. Verse 27, uh, for, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He said, I'm looking to Jesus. I'm looking to God. He, better than anyone, knew the power of Pharaoh. He, better than anyone, had lived at the feet of Pharaoh and watched what he could do. And what he said was law. What he did, what he wanted, happened. The kingdom there was great. One of the most powerful men in the world at the time. So when, God, when he said, I look to him that is invisible, he had understanding that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We don't live this way. We can watch the news and get pretty, pretty worried. I, I, what I have to be so careful about is, is looking at what's going on with our children today. Because it can cause me some fear, some trepidation. What they are brainwashing our children with today. And it's far greater than CRT. It's a satanic worldview. A godless worldview. And I think, what are my children going to have to face someday? And if I just look at it that way, it's frightening. But I want them to see that they're not going to have to fear Pharaoh because they look to him that is invisible. They, they can walk with, with, with assurance that greater is He, that God is able. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. <laughs> we preach this all the time, and I, and I preach it all the time because God has to remind me all the time, and I bring you down to my level, that fear is sin. Fear is sin. It doesn't matter what the fear is. It doesn't matter what the fear is. Fear of rejection. Fear of persecution. Fear of failure. The Bible does not give us the spirit of fear. God says that's not my will for the Christian. His will is that we have this spirit of a sound mind. Power and love and a sound mind. Fear is sin. There's a difference in being fearful and being afraid. It's not sin to be afraid. Right? A big dog comes after you, you use common sense. But to live my life in fear is wrong. I'm not walking by faith. He didn't fear Pharaoh. He said, I'm going to go and do what God asked me to do. And he, and he walked away. Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 31 real quickly. Deuteronomy 31. Verse 
1 through 6, first six verses of the chapter. This is Moses speaking. Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel, and he said unto them, I am an hundred and twenty years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. Also the Lord hath said unto me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee, and he will destroy these nations from before thee, and thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over before thee, as the Lord hath said. The Lord has said you're going to have victory. That's what he just told them. He's reassuring them that God's going with them. Don't be afraid to cross the river and step into enemy territory. God has given you the victory. Verse 4, And the Lord shall go or do unto them as he did to Sion and to Og, kings of the Amorites, and unto the land of them whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them up before your face, that you may do unto them according to, unto all the commandments which I have commanded you. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. This is the faith of Moses, and he's, he's encouraging the people. Forget the fear. You're, you're going to walk into this, and God is going to give you the victory. They didn't know what God was going to do at Jericho. All that God is asking of them is to step forward by faith and go into enemy territory. Cross that river into the land that I've promised you. Stop living the defeated life. They've been out there 40 years wandering in the wilderness waiting for the old people to die. Those that rejected God's promise. And this younger generation is standing there and Moses said, it's time to go. Don't be afraid. Christian, it's time that we go. We have no need for fear. Moses obeyed the Lord. Go back with me to Hebrews. He didn't fear the king. He didn't fear man. He, as seeing him who was invisible, he was, he was able to trust the Lord. Verse 28, Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. And I looked at this verse and I thought it's interesting that it's in here. We see, we see uh, Moses coming out of Egypt. We see Moses and the, and the Red Sea. These are, these are big events we think. But yet, this is the biggest. This is the biggest thing. Moses, by faith, showed to the people of Israel the picture of Christ. Obeying in this time of, of, of death. God has told Moses, the death angel is coming through and the firstborn of every family and every animal is going to die tonight. What an amazing, terrible night. But you take the blood of a, of a spotless lamb and you put it on the side post and on the door, the header of the door. And the death angel will pass over you. It pictured Christ. And this is the first, the first picture Moses has. By faith he did this. By faith he obeyed. He applied the blood to the door. For us, this obedience is in two areas. First of all, by faith obey the Lord for salvation. John chapter 3. Some familiar passages here. John chapter 3, verse 14. We're going to read down through 21. <coughs> Excuse me. 
Verse 14 says, And as Moses lifted up the servants in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be, wrought, be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. I wanted to bring out a couple verses this morning in this, and everybody knows John 3.16. That God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, that anyone, every individual that's ever lived or ever will live, is able to accept the blood of Jesus Christ. I wanted to look at verse 18. He that believeth on Him is not condemned. He that believeth on him is not condemned. Just simply trusting in the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Our first act of faith is to know that he is God and that he took my penalty. He took my place and I then surrender my life to him. That's the first act of faith. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Salvation is not a complicated thing. Faith in Christ is, is knowing that he is God, accepting that you are lost. The Bible said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. All my righteousnesses are as filthy rags. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The wages of sin is death. It says who we are without Christ. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's not work that I can do. Not by works, lest any man should boast, the Bible says. I cannot earn it. You cannot earn it. Praise the Lord for that. That Jesus Christ did it for you. So faith is in salvation. He that believeth on Him is not condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already. And what about first service? Romans chapter 12. We looked at this in Sunday school this morning. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God's will for you is that you serve Him. And by faith, we can all serve Him. By faith, you can be used by God. It doesn't matter how old or young you are. I remember thinking as a kid, when I'm grown up, 
I'm going to be a missionary. That was the ultimate goal in my life. Boy, that was the highest calling you could ever get. I still believe that. Don't, don't settle for president of the United States if God says you can be a missionary. What a, what a joy it is to serve him. Don't settle for the president of the United States if God gives you a position anywhere. But as a little kid, I looked, I looked to be a missionary. That was what I wanted to be. And my parents told us about the great missionaries down through time that had served God. And we looked and said, that's a life that is fulfilling and that has purpose. And that's what I wanted. But Christian, your service is just to say, Lord, I'll do whatever you want. And know that He will enable you to do so. What if God asks you to go to the mission field? You say, well, I'm 75 years old. God knows your age. He does. He knows your limitations. And He doesn't give us impossible commands. I don't know what God may ask you to do, but by faith just simply obey. We sometimes think we've got to tell... Well, Moses did that right off the beginning. He said, I'm not, I can't speak. I'm, I'm no good at, this, at the talking. And God said, who created your mouth? I know what you can do and what you can't do. It's not about that. It's about me. And Moses went by faith and God used him mightily. We don't have to tell God who we are or what we are. We just have to say, Lord, use me. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, it said that Paul described himself as, as a minister. And, and we looked it up. It's, a, it's the, it's the um, oarsman. The man that's in the bottom of the ship rowing the boat. He's the slave that doesn't see outside the boat. There weren't holes for them to look out and observe the scenery. The only thing they saw was the person sitting in front of them. And the man with the whip telling them, row, row, stroke, stroke. Paul said, that is my position in, in Christ. Just simply to row the boat and know that the, that the captain is leading me on. We sometimes have to tell God, well, you, you, you re- realize who I am. I, I can't do this. And God says, I know who you are. Just by faith, trust him. And serve him. Moses obeyed the Lord by faith in something that had never been done before. Then lastly, by faith, Moses saw God's power. He said, verse 29, By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, a saying to do, were drowned. And this is always a favorite story for a little kid, isn't it? I want to walk through the dry ground and stick my hand in the wall of water. I want to... I, I rub my hand down walls as I'm walking. I'll reach over and I'll, I'll feel the texture of the wall. Elizabeth said, you're so weird. <laughs> I don't know why I do it. I've always done it. I'll do it in, in the hallways out here. I reach out and I can reach both walls, walls just barely with my fingers. And I'll walk like this. I'm like, you probably look like an insane man. But I've always thought, boy, it'd be fun to walk there and just stick my hand in the water. Is that water cold? Can I catch a fish? It's always a favorite story of a little kid to see the the Red Sea parted and and to think about walking through on dry ground. 
But consider the faith of Moses. God said, you're on, they're on the edge there, the, the enemy's behind them. God's separated between him and the enemy. His presence is keeping the Egyptians over there. But he says, walk out to the water and raise the rod over the water. Now that sounded pretty insane. Step out and raise the rod over the water. Well, what's this going to do? I'm going to look I'm going to look like I've lost my mind in front of 3 million people. I'm supposed to be leading them, Lord, not looking like a nut. But he didn't say this. He said, "Yes, Lord," and he went over and he raised his rod over the water. And imagine standing there and watching that start to separate. The excitement. Just thinking, Look at the power of God. And it separates, and, he, and, and they walk all the way through. Like I said, we look at it like, well, that was, that was thousands of years ago. That doesn't happen today. And I don't believe the Lord's going to part the Pacific Ocean for us. But he said in Matthew chapter 20, 28, Go ye therefore, and I mean, uh, all power is given unto me. In heaven and on earth, go ye therefore. Then he said in John chapter 14, verse 12 through 15, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments." You say, well, that was written to the, that was given to the disciples. It was given to the disciples, but it's in God's word, so it was given to you and me. He said, the work that I do, ye shall do also, and greater than these shall ye do. The promise of the word of God is that if I by faith trust and follow God, I will see greater works done on this earth than the time when Christ was here. You know, that almost sounds like blasphemy. It's not belittling anything. This is what Jesus told us. Trust me to do mighty things for you. And I'm preaching to myself this morning. Trust Him to just use you and then hold the rod up over the water. Stop thinking, well, I might look like an idiot. Stop worrying about yourself and just say, Lord, whatever you ask me to do, I'm going to step out and do it. And imagine what God can do for us. Greater works than Christ did while He was here. I'm not taking the word out of context. That's what it says. Ask, and I'll, in my name, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Moses got to see the Red Sea parted. What is God going to do for you? What is God going to do for us? For Victory Baptist Church, if we just say, Lord, yes, whatever you say, I'll do. I'll just keep pulling this oar. Father, I'm, I'm the galley slave. You tell me and I will do it. It says the enemy was defeated. I, I love to see the, the victory in the Bible. God doesn't just tell us to go into war. He tells us that when we do, the victory is already won. Moses looked back and they get all the, the Israelites through the Red Sea and 
And Pharaoh goes, well, let's get them. And they go through there and they get halfway through and their chariot wheels start to bog down and the water sweeps over and drowns them all. Just an amazing part of that story too. So many times Israel didn't even have to raise a sword and fight. They just saw God deliver. This time they look back and the enemy is defeated. This, this mightiest man in all of the world at the time is drowned at the bottom of the Red Sea. By faith, they saw the victory. We wallow in sin because we don't see the victory. We don't understand that there is a way out. That by faith I can step out of this lifestyle. I can reject it and say, Lord, I'm, I'm done living that way. Give me the strength to go on. And know that the victory is ours. You know how many men in America struggle with pornography? It's probably the greatest threat to Christianity in America today. For men. Consumes the mind. And there's this feeling that you can't escape it. Why? Because we don't trust God for the victory. We don't understand that He's already won. We're, we're free from sin if we know Christ as our Savior. If you don't know Him your Savior, as your Savior this morning, you're condemned already. You're still a slave to that sin. God said, accept me and you can be free from that sin. Not free from the temptation, not free from the flesh. But you can have victory in your life. There are so many things that are destroying our families and our homes today because we don't, by faith, see the victory. John chapter 16, verse 33. I love this verse. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. He says, first of all, there's peace in knowing Christ. Boy, if you know Him, you've experienced that. And there's nothing like it. Nothing in this world can compare to the peace of knowing Christ. Amen. That ye might have peace. In the world, ye shall have tribulation. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be trials. There's going to come up things that are unexpected. I, I, my heart breaks for that poor lady in Missouri this morning. Lost her husband last night. How awful. There are tribulations. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Get your mind right. Stop living in the dumps and, and defeat be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I've given, you, I've given you the victory over sin and over discouragement and over, over all of the things of this life in me, in Christ. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. What a great verse. I love that He gives us these things. If we didn't see the victory, it would be a difficult life. But if we can walk by faith and keep our eyes on Christ, have that single eye, it 
protects us from discouragement. Now go to my favorite verse in the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I sometimes almost think it's wrong to say there's a favorite verse in the Bible, but if I had to claim a life verse, verse 58 would be mine. Every verse in the Bible is equally as important and equally powerful. Please don't get me wrong. This King James Bible, I'll defend to my death. It is the preserved, perfect Word of God. I'm so thankful for it. I can read it, I can believe it, and I know it's God's Word. But this is my life verse, verse 58. Start in verse 57. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now tomorrow morning, when something unexpected happens, can I stop and say, but thanks be unto God, which giveth me the victory. Yes, I have tribulations. Yes, there is a trial this week. Yes, I have something I did not expect, but I'm going to give thanks to God because He's given me victory. Because I am His and He is mine. Therefore, because of that victory, because of God's almighty work in your life and in mine, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, forasmuch as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know my fear. If I have a fear, I told you it's sin. But there's a thing that nags at me. I don't want my life to be vain. Nothing worse than that. I don't want my children's lives to be vain. But I have an assurance right there that because of the victory through Jesus Christ, I can be steadfast, unmovable, abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that my life has eternal purpose. What a blessing. This is why the world is struggling. That's why our suicide rate is so high. They try to figure out, psychologically figure out why people are committing suicide. I can tell you they don't have purpose. Yes, they have difficulties and struggles. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not belittling the things. There's awful things that happen to our children in this world today incredibly disgusting things that happen in our world today. But if that child can understand that God loves them and give his heart and soul to the Lord, he can have purpose and he can have peace even in the tribulation. Our suicide rates, our our mental struggles in the world are because our hope is not in God. And therefore the life is vain. I'm going to sit and struggle for 50 to 80 years and know that everything I've ever done is just nothing. That is depressing. That would be something that would eat at me and eat at me and eat at me. We have victory through Jesus Christ. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You are a servant of the victor. By faith, Moses looked at his surroundings and said, these things are empty and vain. I forsake them. I'm going to go serve the Lord. I'm going to put my treasure in heaven. By by faith, he obeyed the Lord and said, yes, we will apply the blood to the doorpost of our house. 
And by faith he saw God's power. He saw the victory. He saw the victory. What are we going to do by faith? Maybe you don't know the Lord is your Savior this morning. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You are lost this morning. The Bible says that your eternity is going to be spent in hell. Where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. Where it is complete darkness. There is no, there is no getting there and, and hanging out with anybody. You are isolated in complete darkness and in complete torture for all of eternity. And with the understanding that I rejected the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Understanding that you put yourself there. That's what the Bible says. The wages of sin is that kind of death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He died for you so that you can know Him. Apply the blood of Jesus Christ to your life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto me, or cometh unto the Father but by me. You can know Him this morning. If there's never been a time in your life where you, where you saw your lost condition and surrendered your heart and soul to Christ, you need to do that today. Christian, we can see God's power if we'll walk by faith. Simply obey Him and serve Him and walk in faith this week. Let's pray. Father, thank You again for our time. I just ask that this morning... Lord, if there's someone here that doesn't know you as their Savior, has never given their heart and life to you, maybe they're relying on works that they've done or, or relying on, on uh, some, some sacrifice or some gift or, or a family relation or a religion, Father, instead of seeing that they're lost before you, open their eyes, Father, to that today. Lord, help them to see and humble themselves and accept you as their Savior this morning. Lord, if we're not walking by faith, I know that, that in each life we can be discouraged, we can be fearful, we can be distracted by the things of this, this world and get our mind off of you. And Lord, our eye is no longer single. We're not, we're not focused on serving you and walking by faith. Lord, if there's, if there's those here this morning struggling with that, help us to confess that sin and to just follow you, Lord. Guide in the time of invitation. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed. Short invitation this morning. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, I ask you to come forward. Come forward and, and talk to someone today. Don't put it off. Now that